Praise God. What a beautiful spirit in the house of the Lord tonight. God bless you. You may be seated. And You know, when pastor comes down on the floor, that's when you know he just wants to talk to us for a little bit here tonight. And the Lord has been blessing so wonderfully. What a, what a great service we had on Sunday. A great move of the Lord, great word, and a word of encouragement from the Lord to step out. God will call, step out even in the middle of your storm. The Lord is doing his greatest miracle. And the church, you know, we've been in a little bit of a storm for a while. Of course, we have so such incredible services. Hey, Evan, what's up, buddy? Good to see you. Seen you in a while. Hadn't seen your parents in a while either, by the way. No, I'm just messing with them. It's good to see you, buddy. Out of school from Orlando and, and with us. Fine young man. We're glad he's able to be back in church. And, um, you know, we've been sort of going through our own little battle for a while. Well, how long have we been in the school? We're going on 13 years, 14 years. Doesn't seem like it, does it? Well, maybe it does to the crew that's setting up and tearing down the platform. But it doesn't, doesn't really seem like it. You come in here, we have, uh, we have a good church. A friend of mine was with me on Sunday, Brother Hughes. If y'all were here, he got up and uh, said a few words. He's from up central Florida. He's an independent uh, apostolic. Him and his wife are precious people, and uh, we spent some time with them this weekend. And he is, as so many other preachers, are just dumbfounded at the move of God that takes place in their mind in a school auditorium. But it's not a school auditorium in our mind. We come in here, it's church. We have sanctified this thing. I was talking to a, a brother a few days ago. They had to move out of, um, out of their building and uh, into a school. And I, I told him, I said, now, your, your leaders, your service leaders, are initially going to have a habit of saying, I know, they're going to get up and say, I know we're in an auditorium, but I said, you got to tell them right up front that the moment the first key is struck and the first hallelujah is said, that is no longer a school auditorium. That has become the sanctuary of God. Power of the Lord, power of the Lord moves in. I ought to write a book on having church in a... We've got so many of our churches having to go to schools. It might... Uh, it might prove useful. I'm so excited about what took place here on, on Sunday. So we, we came in and we had a little bit of church. We took our regular offering. And then we had our sanctuary testimonies. And I hope that that is something that we can continue to do is have those testimonies. So if something happens... Well, we'll talk about that in just a moment. So we had our sanctuary testimonies, and then we took up our sanctuary offering. Now, the pledges last month were right at $11,000. So we as a church said, we're going to pledge $11,000 a month to the building fund. We said that. Tell your neighbor, you said that. We even had testimony on Sunday. One of them was trying to get out of it. Oh, that was you, wasn't it, Sister Corinthian? She wanted to find that little form and mark that off about 100 bucks, you know. And the Lord worked it out when she wouldn't. Hey, we're all there, right? We're all there. And then what happens? She, she's able to come back with a sanctuary offering testimony because God, through the cost of living, increased her pay to match 
that sanctuary offering, that pledge that she had put on that form. What an awesome God we serve. What an awesome God. Now, I want to tell you how I know God is right in the middle of this. Just all up inside of this thing of what we're doing and pushing forward with. Because normally when you take pledges and the following month, you're lucky if you get 70% of that pledge, you better slap Jesus high five and say, thank you, Lord, for a miracle. Usually it falls closer to around 50%. And then if you can hang on to 40% over the next few months, you're doing good. Do you know that a month later after we pledged the 11, that this last Sunday, $12,300 came in in that offering? Let's all stand to our feet for just a second. Let's give praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, God, for your miracle power. Thank you, Lord, for moving amongst us. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for touching God. We give you praise and honor and glory. We're so thankful, Lord. We're so thankful, Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. You can be seated. And so I know that the Lord is just moving all up through this. I'm so excited. And I also know that um, as we continue down this path, there are going to be other miracles that are going to take place in different people's lives. And this thing is catching on so much like fire that you're actually going to get excited that the Lord did something during that week or month or something came in the mail or, or whatever it may be. You're, going to, you're just going to be excited and you're going to say, sanctuary offering. Look what the Lord has done. Above and beyond my pledge, he has made a way for me to do more and, and to give extra. And so to my Wednesday night um, crowd, brothers and sisters, uh, I want to say that this is how this is going to continue on. And uh, that is uh, that on the first Sunday of the month, we're going to come in, we're going to have church, take a regular offering, probably have a special. Of course, we all know, right, that the Lord can interrupt our services at any moment, any time he gets good and pleased to do so. So this is just our structure. But if he chooses to come in and do it, then he certainly, uh, uh, we welcome and want and desire uh, that to happen. And, and then we're going to stop and have a few sanctuary testimonies. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have them every month and, um, and stand up and say, yeah, I was walking down the road and I tripped over a brown paper bag and yeah, I opened it up and, and uh, looked inside. And there was this blue dye, but I moved it out of the way, and I took, no, I'm kidding. It said PNC Bank, but yeah, I just, you know, no, I'm kidding. I'm just having fun. I remember, um, I remember when I was a young and six, six years old, I, uh, I went to Winola's. Now, Winola's was a, a grocery store just a couple of blocks down from where we lived. And uh, it was, you know, the local community grocery store. Everybody went there. And, and I remember one time I went there, and, and Mom sent me there to buy something. So I handed, I handed Miss uh, Winola uh, $5, and she gave me change for a 20. I got so excited. I took that money and put it in my pocket. I ran home, and I said, Mom, you're not going to believe this. If I'd have been religious, I'd have said, the Lord bless me. But I, you know, I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I gave Winola $5, and she gave me change for 20 And you know my mama made me take that money back to that grocery store. That's the last time I ever told her something about like that ever happened. So we certainly want God to do miracles, and we believe in him to do miracles, um, but we are asking that we don't rob banks or do play the lottery or do anything in, uh, in that facet. God's able, isn't he? God is able. Amen. All right, so I'm excited about what he's doing. 
with the sanctuary offering. And we're just going to continue that and uh, see what the Lord uh, will continue to do in our midst. Now, I want to talk to us uh, today about uh, something else. Uh, you know, before I get on that, uh, I want to ask uh, you tonight, if, if you're not receiving, I call them daily devotions, they should be called um, uh, tri-day or something, you know, <laughs> out every three days I actually get one out. But for the next couple of months, um, they're pretty much probably going to be every day because I'm, I'm going to be dealing with a subject on uh, prayer and fasting. And if you're not receiving the daily devotion from me, please uh, give your name and email address to Sister Kyle so that I can get you in that group. Because over the next couple of months, we're going to be deal, dealing with prayer and fasting. And I want to talk about it in our daily devotion because it's just impossible for me to teach on everything on, Wednesday, on the next few Wednesday nights that we have. Now, the reason why I want to do this uh, is because, Pete, jump up and turn that fan off. I know it's keeping you cool, but it's putting me to sleep, and I'm the one speaking. When I was a kid, that's what you had, right, when you were growing up. didn't have air conditioner. Anybody here had air conditioning when you were a kid growing up? No, of course not. That didn't happen until, you know, when you got rich. So we, um, and you were actually able to have bread and eggs for breakfast or something. So fans, when we, we'd have fans, and you got used to going to sleep with, with those uh, fans. What was I saying? Ah, prayer and fast. Thank you. Thank you. Who said that? Okay. All right. Got one. So prayer and fasting. So everybody say October. The first through the 21st. So we are going to have intense prayer and fasting October the 1st through the 21st. Brother Corinthian and I are going to be getting together on some of those weeks, those midweeks. We're going to prearrange where we get together in homes in different places, uh, and we have prayer meetings. On the Wednesday nights of those weeks, um, we're probably going to, I have to kind of decide here, we may meet in the cafeteria, and we're just going to have an intense prayer meeting. So we'll start with some music, but, you know, we'll just have an hour's worth of prayer. That don't mean you stay home. If you stay home, it just lets me know that you need prayer. And you're going to be the one on the list we're going to be praying for. So uh, we're going to be working all of this out. But, you know, in the last few years, we've done our month of prayer and fasting, and um, we have kind of let it catch up on us. Like, like a week before it starts, Pastor jumps up in the pulpit and says, oh, no, I forgot to tell you, we're starting next Monday, you know, prayer and fasting for 30 days. Or in this case, we're going to do 21 because it's going to be intense. We're, we're going to kind of up the fervency uh, of what we're going to be doing during those 21 days. And but so the, the Lord has really moved upon me. And and I, I'm so I'm wanting to start a month, a month and a half ahead of time. And start teaching on prayer and fasting. And we're going to be talking about different areas. The pray in the tabernacle. Uh, which is um, you know, one of the things that are done. And then we're going to be talking about warfare. And, and um, it, just different areas in, with the daily devotions. And then also Wednesday night teaching. And just going to really learn about the effectiveness of, of uh, fasting when it is coupled with prayer. And, and that is something that we really have to get a hold of. A lot of times we're not fasting, we're starving. We're, we're, just, we're just starving ourselves, <laughs> you know, because we go about our daily work. We go <clears throat> about our daily activities. We're preoccupied. We continue to entertain ourselves. We, you know, and then we, we want to chalk it up for a day of fasting. Uh, but fasting is really designed to be coupled with prayer, to come together uh, with prayer. That's why Jesus said these come out, but by prayer and, right, so uh, coupled together. Um, so we're, we're going to be doing this. So I ask you if, you, if you're not receiving the emails, please, I want you on board. Uh, I want you to take the time. Uh, does anyone actually even read those? You know, they take me a couple hours a day to get them out. Okay, I appreciate that. 
I'm beginning to wonder sometimes. I sent you $100 worth of free DVDs, and only three people downloaded them. I'm like, what are we doing here? Is anybody even reading this? Okay, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just venting. I'm sorry. Okay, so um, if you're not reading them, I'm asking you to stop, take the time. We're talking five-minute lessons. We're not talking like it's going to take you 20 minutes to read this, these little lessons that I'm sending out. We're talking five minutes. And, um, and so before you go to bed or maybe when you get up in the morning, uh, you'll have to do the day befores because uh, I'm not getting them out until 7.30, sometimes 8, 9, 10. Sometimes, you know, sometimes my day starts at 5. The first phone call comes at 5 a.m. in the morning, and it doesn't stop. So I don't have time to stop and write a devotion. I don't get to it till 3 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever may be coming. But we're really going to be focusing on this and um, trying to get this out. So I'm asking you, Evan, as my Wednesday night crowd, I'm asking you, uh, my young people, which we'll talk to separately, my adults, to come on board with Pastor and hook up to what God is about to do, uh, what he is laying the foundation for. And I am believing God for an incredible cleansing in the church, just a cleansing in the church over those 21 days. And, of course, we always want to see, you know, people saved and these things. But I'm like, God, I want you to cleanse us. I want you to change us, change us, God. Do something to us, our hearts, our spirits, our hungers, our desires, our ambitions, our goals. Let these things change. Uh, all right, so you get on board with me, or we're gonna get on. We're gonna get on board together. Okay, awesome, fantastic. All right, so um, a couple other things uh, here tonight that I wanna I wanna touch on is uh, one of them. We're doing just uh, some small little uh, inner working changes. Um, you, you're gonna start seeing some some ladies, and uh, and if we can find a man that knows how to smile, there might even be a man or two out there. But we're going to have people out there just really greeting in the, um, um, in, in the parking lot and, uh, and then try to take this load off of the ushers so that they can be more focused on uh, what ushers are actually called and designed to do uh, in a church. And they can't really do that because they're having to uh, take care of other places as well. So we're, we're trying to... Uh, feel that feel that in we're excited about it and there's going to be some other things you're going to we're, we're um, going to make some changes in the foyer and then we're going to put up th these are simple things but these things help right so if you're a guest and you walk through the door and you have three children in our church right now Sunday morning if you walk through those doors and you have three children at 10 o'clock which is completely almost never done but let's say someone accidentally did that and they come because usually they're coming at 11 but they do come right uh, unless one of my ushers actually speak to them and say and show them where the children's department is they're lost the moment they walk through the door they're lost they had they see a foyer they don't know where to go they don't know what to do and so we're going to try to change all that and uh, there's going to be banners and signs that are going to be up. And one of them is going to say children's ministry this way. And then when they get here, there'll be a sign over here that will say children's ministry. And we're going to start trying to direct people when they come in and they can see and know and, and feel. It just helps people feel more welcomed, right? And, and, and not so like, oh, my God, what do I do next? And if I, if, if I move, they mean, they're almost frozen. They just literally don't know what to do. And it can put a, a, a not-so-good first impression, right? And uh, we've been told, I'm so thankful for this, we're a loving church. Uh, I mean, I, I, I hear this so, so, so much all the time uh, from people that visit and, and the people that I call. I get the, you know, the little slips, and they fill the information out, and I'll call them uh, on either Monday or Tuesday saying, hey, it was great to have you in church on Sunday. We're so, and, and they'll say, oh, we loved it. The move of God was so great. The people were so friendly. We just felt like we were at home and, and felt like uh, we'd been going to church there for so long. And, 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 and that's what we want. You know, that's the atmosphere uh, that we want. But we also, just when they, as they're coming through the parking lot, there's going to be signs out there as well. But as they're making their way through, all the, there should be something Whatever they're there for, there should be something kind of telling them where to go. 
So we have all of that in the works and uh, working on all of that. And hopefully we're going to see that come to fruition uh, here within just um, just the next few weeks. So you're going to begin to see these things kind of pop up and show up and here and there. And if someone comes up to you and, and says, uh, Sister, would, would you willing be, be willing to be one of our you know, because we're going to put you on rotations, right? We're not going to have the same people doing the same thing all the time. We're going to try to have four or five groups that can rotate. And would you w be willing to be one of our pork and light lady attendants? And, and what, what do I have to do? Smile. That's your job. <laughs> Smile and stick your hand out and say, welcome to uh, the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches. And we're going to talk about that in just a second as well, by the way. And so... Um, you know, we we just want to be now this doesn't save people. But it helps prepare them mentally, right, for the preacher, for the music, the, the spirit to move through the music and to get a hold of their hearts and for the preacher to be able to reach out and with the word of God and the word of God, get a hold of their hearts. And if they can if we can get them to let their guards down, that they feel welcomed and and loved and 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 uh these things they feel comfortable and protected they feel secure uh then you know people have a tendency to kind of let their guards down and then god can move in there and really touch them so that's our goal so this isn't how you save people but it's certainly how you set an atmosphere uh and some prerequisites to what the lord is uh, the lord is doing okay okay are we ready for the big one now, here's the big one. Okay, so we've been, um, I spoke to my men, some men, not all my men. I spoke to some of my men and some of my ladies, and I spoke to some of the youth, and the youth are much more on board uh, with this. They love the idea, and everybody's on board with it, but the youth were, like, really super gung-ho about it. So there's something the Lord's been dealing with me for over a year, and I've been wrestling with it, struggling with it. Um, I'm... I know I'm only, I'm only 56, I'm a young guy, but uh, I mean, since I'm going to be to live 115, 56 is just getting started, right? But I promise y'all, I, I won't hold on to the pastoral ship all the way out to 115. I told you to <laughs> Then I'll go, what was I saying? <laughs> Wait, I'd do that now. Okay. All right, well, there you have it. So something the Lord has been dealing with me for a while. And um, lately, though, he's moved on me a lot stronger concerning it. But because of my roots and my ties and uh, in, into Pentecost and uh, into uh, just being one of those guys uh, that it's not that I don't like change. I, I, I don't like letting go of the old ways might be a. a a way to say it. Now, I am not talking about doctrine. All right, get that. You can get that out of your head. How many gods are there? How do we baptize? What happens when you get the Holy Ghost? What happens? You speak in tongues. That's right. And uh, when you get saved, God does what? He does. He calls you. Okay, so the Lord expects us to live a life of, all right, so none of that will ever change. And that's, that, that isn't just deep in my heart, that's truth. There's a big difference, right? Some things we can hold on that are tradition, some things are true. And so truth is something we never let it go of. But if times are changing and culture is changing and things are changing and people are changing and society is changing and everything's changing and, and you're still playing tambourines, uh, you know, for your music and still opening up the hymn books and singing I'll Fly Away, chances are you and your 12 people are going to be doing that for the next 35 years. So um, this is an area that i got to be real careful as I tread up on this. And I, I think if you'll hear me, all the way through, you'll understand. Because this isn't something pastor has dealt with lightly. This is something I have wrestled with for a very long time. Uh, and wrestle not in a, not in like I'm against it, but in, uh, in a, a, a way of understanding and making sure 
that I'm hearing God and and that this is what the Lord is wanting to do. And this is what will be better for the church. And this will help us and those kinds of things. So uh, and then making lots of phone calls, getting lots of uh, advice from my elders, my bishops, my peers, uh, and it, uh, it, even a few devils. I mean, I'm really just kind of looking in every area to figure it all out. Ask, ask the people that don't believe in nothing. What do you think about this? And so um, when you, so there are things that, you know, we need to move with. And the uh, charismatic world, the charismatic world caught on to this years ago. And Pentecost held on to its traditions. You know, don't, don't misunderstand me. I didn't use the word truth. I said traditions. And the charismatic world, which doesn't have truth, but they were smart enough to see a changing world. And they said, you know what? If we're going to get these people to come to our church, there's certain things we need to do and certain ways we need to do it. And um, now some things you're going to just have to wait for the next pastor, the younger guy to come up. Some things, lines I'm just simply not going to cross. I don't care who it attracts. All right. But I don't want to do things or behave in such a way that repels people. You following me? I want to be inclusive. Everybody say inclusive. I don't want to be exclusive. So I don't want to do anything that just excludes people before they ever even have a chance to hear truth. All right. Our goal is to get them in. Now, if truth excludes them, there's nothing I can do about that. Because we're not going to compromise truth. We're going to preach truth. We're going to worship. We're going to be a worshiping church. We're going to be a, a separated church, a church of holiness. Uh, we're we're going to be a church that prays and fasts and seeks God and keeps this, this solid doctrine of the word of God and go forward. So the, those things push them out. Well, um, we'll love them and do what we can, but we're not changing any of those things. But if I'm doing something that stops them at the door, or if I'm, if I'm something about me that stops them in Wendy's, and I'm trying to get them to come to church, and, and they're cut off before I ever even have an opportunity to even get them in the presence of God. Now, that's something I need to address. I need to look at that. Is my attitude rotten? You know, is, am I behaving myself in certain ways? Okay. So... Just sort of stay with me. And, um, and, and so the charismatic church caught on to something. If, if you moved into town, and um, I'm sorry about the hum. I really don't know where they messed with the sound a while back, and we haven't been able to get the hum back out, so we'll have to figure it out. Um, not they as our men, they as the school. They had an event, and they tore all the sound apart, and when we put it all back together, the, uh, the hum's there. We'll figure it out. Matt will figure it out. So, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, if I move to town, okay, if I move to town, and I am a Baptist, I am a diehard Baptist. How many of y'all were Baptists, by the way, before you became apostolic? I was. I was diehard. Okay. So, uh, diehard Baptist, and I come in the town, and I tell um, me and my wife, we're driving down the street, and we're looking for a place, you know, to go, and we get up on Sunday morning, we don't really know where to go yet, we're driving down the road, and we see a sign, and that sign says, United Methodist Church, am I going to pull into that parking lot? So before I ever had an opportunity for you to minister to me, your sign told me I'm not welcome. Now, not on purpose, right? Not on purpose. But names can be exclusive. Exclusive. So if I'm Assembly of God and I'm driving down the road and I'm looking for a place to go to church, I'm Assembly of God, I want to... Uh, you know, a good church, and I see a sign that says First Baptist Church. Am I going to pull into that parking lot? It's not going to happen because names are exclusives. And so this is where 
the non-denominal churches started moving in this direction. Now, their foundation, right, their foundation is, is not a foundation we want to stand on. Their foundation was, we don't care what you believe. Everybody can come here, and we're not going to change any of your beliefs ever, right? You can continue to believe whatever you want to be, and they called it non-denominational. However, what happened was they caught on to something. People were becoming tired of religion. They were becoming tired of denominationalism of separation and of this religion and this religion and this religion. And they're going to heaven and they're going to hell. And they're going to heaven and they're going to hell. And the world was becoming tired of all of that. And so when charismatics broke out with this non-denominational thing, all of a sudden they started having churches that were running members of 10,000, 15,000, and 20,000 members. Not because they were reaching the loss, but because so many people were leaving religion. But they weren't leaving God. They just didn't know where to go. And they weren't going to go to another religion or another sect or another, you know, where were they going to go? We're going to go somewhere to where we can just go worship God and, you know, and, and that's all. And then we, we can go home. So the foundation wasn't right, but the concept was genius. And what they did was remove themselves from an exclusionary group into an all-inclusionary group. Everybody's welcome. Now, what they've done over time is they've sort of moved out of that a little bit, and then they just said where because charismaticism actually has become a religion in a way. It's become like an organization. It's, uh, uh, you, you're charismatic, right? So just like you could say you're Baptist, you're Episcopalian, you're Methodist, you're Pentecostal, you're charismatic. Uh, so it's kind of become its own, it, it, its own little deal. But they, they held on to some things that were, uh, I feel, that helps, and here's, here's the point, helps get the person through the door. Now, in their case, the person uh, it, with the uh, charismatics, and we could even use uh, Christ Fellowship, for example, um, here in our local area. I think Christ Fellowship runs, what, about 60,000 people? They have campuses uh, all over the place. They buy dealers and they bought um, Target, not too far away, and they just write that $15 million check. Uh, Brother Wilson, did you find out what they're asking for that, that building yet? Not yet. Man, you are so slow. I got to, I got to, I mean, I know I'm not paying you, but, you know, move fast anyway. All right. He sent me an email today, and there's this building up on North Lake, 125,000 square feet, sitting on 13.8 acres of land, I think, something like that. And so I emailed him back. I said, man, I bet they're only asking $20 million for it. And, you know, Christ Fellowship would just write a check for that, just write a check. Their income last year was uh, close to $50 million. Anyway. So, what, what they have done, and stay with me, so the word Christ fellowship, that's beautiful. I mean, stop and think about it. That's actually a beautiful name, Christ fellowship. That is so stinking inclusive. I mean, that invites everybody. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Well, come fellowship. And 10 years later, they have 60,000 people. Okay, now, don't misunderstand, Pastor, because a lot of people get caught up in this, and they're missing something. We've got to call it ourselves Christ Fellowship. The difference is, is that when you walk through in a non-denominational charismatic church that doesn't have a doctrine, you walk in, the only thing that matters at that point is 
how can you minister to me socially? Right? So it's not even really spiritual. I'm not interested in you changing the way I think about God. I'm not interested in you changing my life. I'm not interested in you uh, telling me whether I can or cannot watch, see, drink, smoke, do, go. You know, I'm not interested in any of those things. But if you can entertain my children for two hours, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I I want you to understand. So when they walk, the name, the inclusiveness of the name got them in the door. Right? And the reason why the retention rate is so high is because there's nothing to change their lives. It's for them to say, whoa, no, 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 I'm not interested in that. And, and so, but they do an incredible job at uh, ministering to the children. Let me tell you something. When a parent comes in and has three kids and you minister to those kids, you got a real good chance of keeping those parents. Because they're really there about their kids. Now, in an apostolic church, granted, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks down the road, when they may hear pastor get up and preach something that's a little stronger, you know, and, and uh, he gets up and says, you got to come out from that stuff. The Lord said he's called you out of unrighteousness and drinking is wrong and gambling is wrong and, and homosexuality is wrong or any sexual immorality is wrong. Then what happens is those who are only looking for social environment and have no desire to really be connected to Christ start taking a couple of steps backward until eventually the word will push them out the door. However, however, if you're able to get them through the door and there's just an inkling of hunger in their heart, at least now I have an opportunity with the word of God to change their life, right? But if how I present myself initially causes them to cut themselves off simply because of their own beliefs and traditions, right? So we don't want to be exclusive. We want to be inclusive. All right, we want to be inclusive. And this is what I have uh, really been sort of struggling with with the church and talking to God and praying and I got to hurry up uh, and, and seeking the Lord because um, I absolutely love the name the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches I love that name I really do However, I was at a hospital room not too long ago. Now, remember, the Lord's been talking with me about this for a while. I walk in, and I'm there to see Brother Swayze. Brother Swayze had just had an operation. His nurse walks into the hospital. Brother Swayze says, oh, nurse, 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 this is my pastor. This is my pastor. And, and she turns, she goes, oh, it's so good to meet you. He's been talking about you. Every time we come in, he talks about his church, and he talks about his pastor and more about his pastor's wife. But, you know, you were included. No, I'm kidding. So she just, she's all smiles, and she's all excited. And, and she says, so uh, what's the name of your church? And I said, Oh, we're the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches. Oh, okay. It was over. I didn't have another second in her life. Because in her mind, she sees snake handlers. That's what the world portrays us as, you know. She sees, um, well, just crazy people. And we are crazy. But we're crazy for Jesus. We are fanatics. We're fanatical about God. There's no question about it. And if you walk into this midst and if you're hungry for God and you feel what's going on in this place, you'll become crazy for Jesus. Amen? It'll happen. Okay, so. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, wow, wow. And it's like the Lord just kind of, you know, spoke to me. But I'm so attached to that because... It's an identity. You know, it's an identity. It's, it's just who we are. And I'm like, but God, I, I don't want to give up who I am. This is who we are. This is the way it is. This is Bible. 
And so the Lord had to really work with me that this has nothing to do with your identity. Your identity is how you live what you preach, teach, who you are, how you serve, how you walk, how you speak, your life, everything about you, that is who your identity is. People fall in love with you. You know, it'll happen. Maybe it's happened to some of you in here. I don't know. But they'll come up to you and they'll say, man, there's just something different about you. I really like what I feel, you know, about you. And the moment they find out you are Pentecostal, it's like you lose them. Now, why do you lose them? They really don't know nothing about it. It's just what they have heard, right? So this is what I'm proposing. And, of course, we're not voting on it tonight or nothing like that. That has to be done in a business meeting and all that good stuff. So, But I just kind of want to get your feel. of This is Pastor coming off the platform on purpose talking to you as one of the members of whom and what I consider the greatest church on the planet. It is the United Pentecostal Church. And by the way, the United Pentecostal Church will always, that name will always be attached to everything that we ever do legally, anywheres and always, and within our website. Because if someone goes online and they want to Google a Pentecostal church, I want them to be able to find us, right? So if someone's looking for a Pentecostal church, I want them to be able to find us. And so it will be all through our media and uh, where it, it was Googled or searched. But so what I've been praying about and seeking God about in this, these changes that we're about to make, color scheme change, material we're about to print, Things we're about to do, the new building God's about to give us, you know, the sign that we're going to put out on the, you know, on the street. And um, now, before I continue on, let me, why I'm so losing time here. Let me express something. If we decide as a church to go with, um, you know, a, a name that's more inclusive, right? Uh, and I'll tell you the one that I'm thinking about, but. If we decide to do something like that over the next few months or make a transition or whatever we do, don't think for a minute that a name change brings revival. Not going to do it. And don't think for a minute that it's going to cause people to flood through the doors. It's not going to happen, right? Especially in being in a place to where when they drive down now, they don't even see a sign. There's not even anything there. So the only way someone's going to actually come be a visitor in our church this coming Sunday is if you invite them. The only other way would be if they did a search for the web, through the web and they were looking for certain criteria. And, you know, in our website, we have buried in our website what they, what, what they, what they call keywords, right? So when someone does a search... Our website will be grabbed because it has keywords filtered all throughout the, the website. And most people, when you go, most people nowadays, when they go into a town, they, they use their phone or the web or something to, to look. It's just, we get them all the time. We get these, the slips, the visitor slips all the time. Web, web, internet, 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 internet. That's how, you know, that's how they found us. Okay. So, um, what I've been wrestling with and dealing with is that having, you know, having a name that um, is conservative, because we're conservative, having a name that's conservative, not crazy or wild, you know, like the, uh, the first uh, triple Jesus miracle church of the one, uh, you know, the one God under, yeah, I mean, you know, you, they're out there, folks, you can, there are some crazy names out there. All right, something simple, straightforward, conservative but has uh, meaning to it, and but inclusive. Inviting is a better word, maybe, right? Something they see, and it, 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 rather than excluding, it invites. And any time, whether it's Methodist or Catholic, Episcopalian, uh, Baptist or Buddhist, you know, what, whatever it is in these denominal worlds, they are exclusive. They exclude, rather, than uh, in, include. 
which is why, one of the reasons why, thank God, that we're not, but most religions are dying. Catholic Church loses uh, over a million members every year. Gone. They're not dying. They're leaving. And um, your, many of your mainstream Episcopalians, um, Methodists, these churches are closing down. The big Methodist church on um, military, 1700-seat auditorium, I would love to have been able to get that. We tried. Lord knows we tried. We called Orlando. Everybody, but they sold it to another Methodist organization. In fact, one of their members were here. Was that Sheila, Sister Orchiola? Did she come from the, the Methodist church? And... Um, uh, and then uh, had a friend with her the following Sunday, I, I believe it was last Sunday, I believe. But uh, it shrunk down to about 300 members, and they couldn't afford anymore. We was trying to get in there to get that building because it was it would it would have been awesome. But the Lord knows, uh, you know, we can't um, push His hand, and we want Him to give us what He wants us to have, and we're going to do our part. And if we do our part, God will certainly do His part. All right, so um, this is kind of what pastors been talking about and struggling with and thinking about and uh, as a church that especially when we have a building, but even our literature, you, we, you take a card and you go out and you hand the card and the moment they look at it and see it's a Pentecostal church. It just, not everyone, not everyone, right? Let's say it's only 50%. The point is, we can't even get them in the door. We can't even get them to come in our direction where God just might be able to move on them because the world that we live in, media and society and all of these things has so distorted that word. Are we Pentecostal? Absolutely. Will we always be Pentecostal? Absolutely. And why? Because we were born on the day of Pentecost. Now, there are no churches in, in the Bible called Pentecost, but we draw that name from, uh, from you know, being born on the day of Pentecost. So anyway, what I'm, what I like the name after I looked at hundreds and hundreds of names. We had all kinds of people submit names, and you say, well, I didn't have a chance to submit a name. It wouldn't matter. My mind was made up already. So, no, I'm kidding. So we looked at all kinds of names, and uh, so what I came up with, what I like, and I just want you to think about it, and I'll tell you why, is I like the name. The sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. And the reason is because sanctuary means refuge. It means place of safety, place of protection, a place to run to, a place to hide, a place to go. The cities of refuge, you know, in the Old Testament. I have lots of friends whose churches are called the sanctuary. UPC churches all over the nation are changing their name. There's several churches right here in Florida that are called the sanctuary. We had a, um, what would you call it, a a fad, I don't want to call it a fad, but we had a, a little thing that went through where a lot of churches were, as we are, the Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches, the Pentecostals of Alexander, the Pentecostals of, you know, that was kind of, that was kind of catching on. And, and now it's um, another thing that wave is um, different, you know, different names. So this is, this is the name. I just want you to pray and think about it. Now, if, if, if you go to bed tonight and God wakes you up and sort of elevates you above your bed, and angels march around you and sing songs and, and whisper a name into your ear. Then I want you to pick up your phone in the morning, not when that happens, wait till later. Pick up your phone and call me and say, this is the name the Lord wants our church to be. And if you call me and say, uh, he wants the name of our church to be uh, the greater Gabriel Michael uh, Church uh, I'm going to say, wow, one too many beans. <laughs> one too many beans. All right. Uh, so what I want us to do is, is think about this. And I want to you know, bring this main body of the church in on this idea to think about it, contemplate it. And I wonder if, you know, maybe I'm the only one. It happened to me. Uh, I had several people come up to me just recently. It was so funny and say, uh, wow, I can't believe that. That just recently happened to me. I told him we were the Pentecostal of the Palm Beaches, and it was like it was an immediate cutoff. It was just over. The conversation was done. My mama told me about you crazy people. And 
Um, and then, then I had a couple of them come up to me. I had one of them come to me just a few days ago. So we had already talked to him about this a little bit. And, um, and said, you know, I was talking to someone, and they come up to me, and they said, what church do you attend? And I looked up at them, and I said, the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. <laughs> I, went, I went, what? What are you talking about? And he said, I just wanted to keep her talking. I just, you know, and I'm just believing God this is where the, the, what we're going to do. And, you know, I just wanted to, and she, and she loved the name, and she stayed engaged in the conversation. And she said, I can't wait to come and visit your church. And he said, I just knew if I said the Pentecostals, she would just turn around and walk off. I could tell her she was covered with tattoos. I just knew she would. Um, okay. So besides pastor and a few other people I know, how many, has it ever happened to you? Have you said I'm from the Pentecostal of the Palm Beaches? And it was like, nice talking to you. See you, but I'm not going to be you. Almost everybody in the building, okay? So you have an idea of where we're coming from. Now, what, you, something you want to say or? Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, me and her dad almost had a fallout over the, I liked Fords and he liked Chevys. Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. Because I really don't like either. She was a Chevy man. Okay. Of course, <laughs> you know who won the argument, right? I got a Chevy truck parked in my house. So I guess her dad won the argument. Anyway, Ford is what? Found on road dead or something like that? Yeah. Some crazy guy said fast on race day, but. Okay. So we all know, we all know that, you know, that feeling. And so I think we're kind of walking in the right direction with this. Now, I love that I love I want to keep of the Palm Beaches. OK, so if it ends up being something else like um, the first church of Jesus Christ of the Palm Beaches, please don't do that to me. But um, then, you know, that's uh, that's OK, too. But uh, so are, are we are we OK to kind of go in this direction? Are we or, or bricks? Are there any bricks? Anyone throwing bricks? Softballs, mud pies, seed offering. Well, it costs about 120 bucks to change the name, so. All right. So I just want you to know what pastor's feeling, what I'm looking at. Board has discussed. We've had, I discussed it at my men's meeting. No decisions have been made in any form or fashion. Um, of course, they haven't been because you have to be a part of that decision. Uh, but I believe that if we could use a name that's more inclusive and you're witnessing to someone and they already know there's something different about you. and They love what they feel. They love your attitude. They like your spirit when you speak. They, they watched you when you were mistreated and how you treated people. In a godly way. It got their attention. And so they come to you, uh, Brother Kwashi, and they say, you know, Brother, I've been watching you. What, where do you go to church at? I go to the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. Oh, that's a beautiful name. I'd like to come and visit. Here's the point. Not necessarily I'm putting that name out there because it's the one I want. But here's the point. It's not exclusive it's inclusive anyone can go to that church it doesn't cut anyone off well I attend the first Baptist church of well you know I'm, I'm assembly God I don't think I can go step that many runs down the ladder you know to get down to where you Baptists are so but you know that's what religion will do right it, it's very exclusive Satan's pretty smart you know and uh, he, he designed a way so that the church of God would become just fragmented everywhere, fragmented and separated. And then what happens? False doctrine is so easy to be introduced now because the body's not in check. All right. It's, it's 830. Um, I've gone longer uh, than I should have. So everyone say prayer and fasting. Now, October is going to be rough, so I'm, I'm coming to you a month ahead of time to put this in your brain to prepare yourself 
that we're going to be praying and fasting for 21 days, first 21 days of October, starting on a Monday. October the 1st is a Monday. October the 21st is a Sunday. And um, we're going to be sending out daily devotions every day on the different things we're going to be praying and fasting about, teachings concerning prayer and fasting all 21 days. Uh, we're going to be coming together on Wednesday nights and having prayer. I just want to see God move in us and, and, and do something deep. I mean, so deep in our foundation that when we come back and have just church on Sunday, that there's been such a change way down under that when we just lift our hands and begin to praise him, the power of God just begins to shake inside of that foundation and people's lives are changed. So my purpose of this um, of this name uh, change that we're pastor feels feels and believes that the Lord has seriously been speaking with him about this for over a year. It's because I want us to be as inclusive as we possibly can from every angle, everywhere as you look. I only want the word to be the divider. Now, if the word divides, if the word's preached in love, and the word is preached in compassion and conviction and a move of God. And it still divides. That's what the word's designed to do. It cuts asunder, dividing to the very marrow of the bone and the very intents of the heart, right? And so it's what the word does. That's okay. But if I can't even get them through the door because of a traditional name, of trying to speak an identity. Listen, we're Pentecost because of the way we live. We're Pentecost because of what we believe. We're Pentecost because of how we worship. And we are Pentecost because of the revelation that we have in one God, in Jesus' name, baptism. That's what creates our identity. And that will never change. And so we want to get them through that door so that they can feel this church has a very special move of God. Every service. And we want to get them in this place so that they can have an opportunity to say yes or no. I don't want them to say no at the workplace just because the word Pentecost is in my name. And if this happened once every blue moon, I would say, you know, forget about it. No, it's 50 percent of the time or more or more my neighbors talk to me across the street from the other side of the fence because they know I'm Pentecost and they're afraid that there might be a snake in my pocket or something like that all right let's stand okay all right so are we okay all right remember it it, it takes a hundred percent vote to vote me out Just kidding, having fun. Brother, I don't think that's going to pay for it. <laughs> I love it. All right. And um, so if something really st stirs you up in your mind, in your spirit, uh, you can email it to me or text it to me. And... Um, you know, maybe we'll narrow it down to four or five names or something and then come back and say, uh, hey, you know, what do you think? In the long run, as long as it's not exclusive and it's inclusive, which one of those we take doesn't really matter, right? We just don't want to exclude by using certain connotation or names that would sort of turn someone off immediately rather than inviting them into the house of the Lord. Did I explain myself okay tonight? Is there, do you, Mata, do you understand? Okay. If Mata understood, I, I know it probably got across pretty good. I love that guy. All right, so let's pray and ask. We're going to close tonight by praying and asking for the wisdom um, of the Lord, the wisdom of the Lord. Uh, I want what he wants. Amen? 
And, uh, and so uh, that's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray and ask God to speak to pastors, speak to you. Um, you know, you, you may not um, like a particular name, but the Lord may want that. You know, that may be, then he might not care, right? So, but we want his wisdom. We want his guidance. But I think he cares because he's been dealing with me about it. And I thought it was just me, but then things started happening and people started coming. And so I started praying and talking to God about this and seeking the Lord. And then in the last few weeks, it got really strong and examples began to take place. And God, God opened my eyes because it didn't only happen to me at in that hospital room, um, but it, it happened to me again. Uh, again, after that, uh, and when, you know, when I said the word, just recently I was talking to a very educated man, a doctor, and um, he was uh, impressed about some certain things that had taken place, and it, in, it involved our church and reflected, and, and um, you know, he said, um, where do you, uh, where do you pastor, and, and what's the name of your church, and, and I said, well, uh, I pastor the Pentecostals of uh, the Palm Beach. And it was just instinct. It's just instinct. And I, I said, uh, now, I want to say, don't, you know, don't judge me because of a name. You, you know, what's wrong with you? You just liked everything. And now because of a name, you're just going to, you know, ignore. But here's the point. The point is, I understand that. Okay, well, if they don't like it, they can lump it. I, 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 I understand that premises and that frame of thought. I don't think God agrees with it. But, but I want to be as in, in such a position that as much as possible we can get them in and then let the word decide from there. And so that's what this struggle is about. And nearly everyone that I have spoken to feels the same way. And I've seen it all the way across this congregation here tonight. Father... We come to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for these wonderful people that are here tonight. I thank you, Lord, for our Wednesday night crowd. I thank you for these men and women that are focused and consecrated and dedicated, given to the kingdom of God, soul-winning-minded, Lord, to reach the lost and to give every opportunity possible to those that are around us to come and hear and receive the word of God. So, Lord, I'm asking you, lead us in this. Lead us, guide us, give us the wisdom, give us the knowledge. Father, that is my prayer. Speak to our hearts, speak to us, speak to the core of the church, Lord. Speak to us, Father. Our ears are open, our hearts are ready to receive. Bring understanding to our minds, Father. It is our prayer. Help us, Lord, to position ourselves, Father, that men, men might be drawn to you, drawn to this truth, drawn to this body of believers, Father. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, we pray in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. All right. God bless you. I love you. You're the greatest. You're the greatest in the world. I didn't get to my sermon tonight. And I'm sorry about that. I'll, uh, I'll email it in the morning. So if you're, not, if, you're not getting, if you're not getting the morning devotions, please get your email, your name and email to Elizabeth so I can make sure I add you. All right, we got to tear down, guys, and pastor went overtime. Let's make it happen. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you for your time.